What's going on, El Paso? You're listening to the Coldest Zone podcast with your hosts, Ted Stansberry and Jason Flores. We're talking about all the top players, teams, and coaches in the Sun City. Yeah, you think you know, but you have no idea. Don't miss out on the behind-the-scenes talk of who's dominating on Friday Night Lights. Yo, like you've never heard before. Download our podcast on your favorite podcast application. Gia. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, welcome everybody. Episode two of the coldest zone. I'm your host, Ed Stansberry, along with my boy Jason Flores. Yo, Jay. What's good, E? Number two, dude. Hey, man. <laughs> I can't believe that they let us do this. <laughs> hey, luckily we don't have any FCC regulations or anything. We could just freestyle, man. That's what I'm talking about, man. Man, we got a lot of love and you know, which is good. We're kind of hoping for it. <laughs> but you know, when there's a lot of love, there might be a little bit of hate in expect the background. It. But that's okay, man. You gotta that's expect good. it, but but, uh, I want to give a quick shout out. Just got a text uh, from JJ Calderon, athletic director and Red Storm head coach out at uh, Socorro Independent School District. Thanks for the love, JJ. Also, Coach Blanco out at Franklin High School. Him and Coach Coach Torres. Yeah, man, that's uh, a lot of love. Sending man. us messages, and uh, you know, we we have fun. Episode one, Jay. We didn't know what we we're doing. <laughs> You know, we're figuring out uh, this mixing board and, and what all the buttons are, man. But, hey, I think we're doing all right. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, and, you know, I also want to give a shout-out to my boy, Mr. Escalante, out there at Dave & Buster's. Man, he shows some love. I appreciate that. Hey, does Coldest Zone have a future at Dave & Buster's? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, hey, man. He's we welcome can, on the show anytime. We can, can set up shop right there at the bar. Uh, oh, we man, can have guests perfect. there. And uh, we'll have to we'll have to uh, reach out to, to Mr. Escalante and, and see, <laughs> yeah, see sure, what they have yeah. in the marketing budget. Yeah. So, you know, again, we, you know, me and Ed really appreciate you guys um, subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Download it. We got a ton to talk about, really. Yeah, man. It's hard for us not to put it all in one episode because we just want to keep going. Well, you look, Jay, like so. there's been so much breaking news. Andy, Andy Morgan, Colin Deaver, KTSM, they have been busy nonstop with uh, all the new rulings, dates getting pushed back. But we'll get into that uh, here in a second, man. Yeah, so today in the show, you know what? We'll go ahead and get into current events because it's just like you said, Ed. Things are changing by the minute right now, not just the football season, but even the start of school. So, And then also our neighboring schools out here in New Mexico, there's a big change out there. And we'll also get into uh, 915 Showcase returning top five defenders. Last week, we talked about our top players. Top players, man, and there's there's some legit players coming out of El Paso next year. Oh, yeah. Our top uh, our top returning players, uh, that's a legit list, man. You know, any way you want to look at it. We could have we could have probably went ten deep on that one, but uh, we did four. We missed out on one guy, but we're going to make up for that this episode. You know what? It also flashback a little bit about our freshman year, man. And you know when I went to Western New Mexico, and you know, you know, and everybody knows that you went to UCLA. So 
it's some good experiences, man. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, hopefully like just the stories and experiences that we share, Jay, you know, over our, our podcast, you know, if, if younger players are listening in, they can use that to help better themselves, you know, make, uh, make informed decisions, do the right things as far as, as, as reaching out. And, and we'll get in the, into that a little bit later. But thank you guys so much uh, for listening in. This is episode two of The Coldest Zone. Cool, man. Well, so we'll go ahead and jump into all the current events that are happening right now, man. So what is it right now that we're at? We'll start with the schools up in New Mexico. They actually postponed their, yeah. their all their fall sports to spring. So what do you think about that, man? Is that so remember football, basketball, a little bit of volleyball, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you look at the just the, the tradition and the history of El Paso teams playing Las Cruces, you know, I, I guess over the last couple of years playing the the schools in Albuquerque that those our schedule was filled up with with those teams from New Mexico and that was part of our preparation you know Jay you and I Mayfield was the powerhouse in New Mexico multiple state championships when we played them and you know that's what got us prepared for district play was playing the best in New Mexico you look at Franklin High School they were supposed to play Rio Rancho the powerhouse in New Mexico now and uh, that's not going to happen so Football season, I think it's safe to say football season isn't going to be what it has been. But I think for for the coaches, for the players, for the families, as long as we have a season and don't have to cancel, I'm good with that. Let me ask you an honest question. How do you feel knowing that there's some schools that are only going to allow kids to go only so many days through the week, but... They want football practice to happen and they want games to happen. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, we we had this discussion already. Right. And, and it just. But they keep making these little, you know, tweaks on it. Hey, well, you could only practice this so long. And right. Right. So, you know, our, our, our boys go they're They're in EPISD. And, you know, so we're, we've been getting the information that, you know, there's the option to do the virtual learning or do the, the staggered in school learning. Right. So before I think it was today, you know, the ruling was a kid in high school was going to be able to opt for virtual learning and not go to school to do class, but still be able to go and play football. I don't think it's possible. Look, and from look, I don't think it's possible. We're both athletes, man. And (laughs) that would have been lovely. To be able to do, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> right. You're right when it comes you know? to if somebody told me I didn't have to go, like, okay, no problem. But you know, like, let's be real, man. Like in the grand scheme of things, like it just doesn't make sense. Like if a kid isn't going to go to school, then he shouldn't be going. There's some priorities that are a little bit right. Not in but order. hey, but this is Texas, <laughs> and we need so, our Texas football. There's, there's no doubt. still like I, I just. I mean, it's crazy. I can't imagine what the athletic directors, uh, you know, Maria Kennedy, JJ, Mike Williams, Mike McAbane. I can't, uh, you know. It's going to be a, a tough decision, but not only for the, I mean, for the teachers and the administrators and the coaches, but for the parents. How many parents are going to allow their kids to even play? Right. You know, yeah. it's, you know, for them to say, well, yeah, you can go to practice. Because if you look at the last two weeks, 
how many schools popped out with cases of COVID and then they had to shut down. Yeah. So, you know, and then you look at the other part of it, Jay, uh, you know, if we are going to have a football season, football, and I hope, you know, the people at UIL understand this, like football isn't a sport where you could just show up on game day and play and expect great things to happen. You know, right. that's that's like a recipe for disaster. Uh, there's a reason why there's a training camp. There's a reason why, you know, you have to put your body through all those conditioning and the agility and the weightlifting. It's to prepare for a season and the the toll it takes on your body. Uh, yeah, it's called being in football shape. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's an actual term of that, football shape. Yeah, so it's 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 hard and, and I hope, you know, the kids are doing as best as they can given the circumstances to to be prepared and be ready like this is one of the things you know for the athletes out there listening you know you can't just roll the dice on this you have to be prepared in the best way to your fullest potential and if they say the season's not going to happen then unfortunately it doesn't happen but if that season's a goal you can't say uh oh i wish i would have been working out no, yeah. you got to be ready. But there's a lot of kids that actually depend on the schools to open to lift weights, go out there and get your gassers and get all that. I know there's some kids out there, and shout out to my boys up at Top View Fitness, man. They're doing a great job in keeping a lot of those athletes in shape. Yeah, a lot of a lot of personal trainers uh, in the game right now. Uh, you know, Joseph and and Robert uh, are holding it down at Top View. You know, they they've been training Aaron and and Stephen Montez has been in town. You know, they'll be leaving the training camp here shortly. But also, one of my former teammates, Jimmy McLean. Jimmy and I were uh, the two only undrafted free agents to make the Houston Texans roster that first year in two thousand two, and he's holding it down, training the kids uh, with be the best. So. Get your work in any way you can, man. Jay, we didn't have trainers back in the day. <laughs> You're our looking tra- at them. You're looking at each other, man. <laughs> our trainer was McKelligan Canyon, Tobin Park, and, you know, any hill we could find yeah. to sprint up. Urban High School Stadium. Yeah. So, that was it. You know, fellas, if you're listening in, do be prepared. Be prepared for season and, you know, just be in the best shape of your life. And if you're there and the season happens, then uh, you can ball out and not worry about having to play catch up. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously that that's tough for the players, the coaches and all that. But for us, for what we're doing, this gives us time to go ahead and reflect back on last season. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that allows us to talk about our top players from last week and our top five defenders this week. Yeah, man. So you look at, you know, our our top five returning players. We won over our top four. So the one that we missed out from last week, you know, we missed out on the Hanks High School quarterback, the senior, Mr. Aaron Molina. Yeah, and and Aaron's a guy that, you know, built for a tough player of the week. Speaking Um, of tough, man. Have you seen his social media? Hey. This dude is thick, man. Hey, hey, he's putting in the work. Hey, he's putting. You in better the work. not. You better not try to lay him out on the sideline. He was running dudes over last year, and yeah. uh, you know, interesting to see. You know, Michael Blanco broke every receiving record that we had here in El, in El Paso. No longer there. Is there going to be somebody to step up and take uh, take that 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 place? You know, he's going to put the ball in the air. So it's just a matter of hopefully somebody's out there to catch it. Not just that, but he also, man, he's a big dude. He's just, it's just like you said, he, man, he ran over tons of guys last year that we saw him. Yeah, so. nice frame, uh, baseball guy. We're just glad that, that we, we got him in. You know what? And we also wanted to give a shout out to, um, Opaso High's, uh, 
new coach, uh, Coach Ray Aguilar Jr. He was the 2018 4A Coach of the Year. That's the information we got from our partners with the Prep One and Jesse Tovar. So congratulations to Coach Aguilar. El Paso High has the opportunity to turn things around. Yeah, um, Coach Aguilar did his thing. He was at San Eli and turned that program around. I mean, we, we talked about San Eli in the last two years more than, than we ever have, and that's a testament to, to Coach Aguilar. He's at El Paso High now. I know he's going to do great things. Uh, him and both Coach Julio Lopez were both recognized as one of the top or best co- head coaches under 40 this past week so congratulations to them making El Paso proud I know if this season happens uh, their teams will be ready and interesting to see El Paso high coach Aguilar really you know can only get better from here they've they've struggled for for the last couple of years over there Um, I can tell you one thing man they got the best stadium in the state of Texas was hey no no that's for sure yeah no doubt so uh, congratulations again to them. But, Jay, let's get into these defenders that we have. Uh, each week, we're going to cover and break down uh, the positions that, that we we keep an eye on during the season, uh, yeah. our top five. And that consists of the defenders, receivers. Yeah. So we got quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, um, and some defenders. We also have our top players that we actually discussed last week. Um, but this week, we're going to go ahead and get into our top five defenders that are coming back. Yeah, and Jay, this list, man, like we we were pulling up our top five defenders list for uh, 2019, and these dudes were underclassmen balling at ju- as juniors, showing up. I'm talking like 10, 12, 15 tackles a game, tackles for loss, cause fumbles, interceptions, you name it, and they had it. And uh, a lot of these guys are getting offers, and I'm, I'm excited uh, to see them in their senior campaign. Yeah, so we'll start at the top, and – this guy right here is was actually one of our top five players of uh, last week, which is Mr. Dylan Kemp. He had over 30 sacks last year. It's just like I said, he was top in Texas, but he was also like top five in the uh, nation as well. Yeah, 31 so, sacks. Uh, Max Preps has him at 31 sacks, man. That's just ridiculous. I'm trying to think who even had 31 total, like their whole four years. This guy racked up 31 in one year. That's a great career highlight, man. Yeah, he can call it if he wants to. What are you talking about? But uh, let's talk about uh, Burgess, man. Burgess has been putting out some players, dude. And this name uh, rings a bell for me for both because he comes from a family that's just really star-studded. You know, our generation, his mom was a multi-sport athlete at Burgess. Great family. Alec Marenko, baller, linebacker, baller, dude, picking up the offers. They started coming in a couple of months back, and schools are taking notice as they should. Yeah, so Coach Rutledge is out there smiling, man. He's got it made on the offensive side, and now he's got it made on the defensive side as well. These guys go out and they play for Coach Rutledge, and that's that's what we did, man. That's what we did back in the day. Yeah, you know, speaking of Coach Rutledge, while we're talking about Burgess, man, he left that Jesse Perales coaching tree at Del Valle. And, you know, he went back to his alma mater, Burgess. You know, uh, Coach Rutledge was a baller. He was a quarterback, you know, in the early 90s. And let me tell you real quick a story about Coach Rutledge. He played with my brother, Pat, back uh, in 92, 93. And my brother came out in the newspaper. Well, in front of that front page was a quarterback from Burgess, nice. Coach Rutledge. So he's been hanging on my wall for about <laughs> six, seven years, man. So shout out to Coach Rutledge. 
Congratulations out there, man. You're doing a great job. Yeah, he has a great staff. And, uh, man, that uh, that's, that's got a one great, of our boys out there. Yeah, Chris Leva. Uh, that's a great program to, to be at uh, uh, right now. Moving on. We got my man. Hey, I just I was I was talking to to Big Will today. Will Rodriguez the third, Austin High School. Yo, I mean, this lo- guy does it all. I'm in love with Will, man. I'm gonna tell you that because you know when when we go to games on Friday night, you know we're we're not just there. We you know we get our camera time and and do that. But I spend the time, both of us, Jay, like looking like how does how does this kid prepare? How does he warm up? What's what's his uh, mentality like? And everything about Will Rodriguez, this guy is a gamer, played through a ton of injuries last year. You know, I, I talked to him earlier today. I had had uh, surgery in the offseason, but he just got cleared. He's ready to go. You know, with everything that's going on, this has been an advantage for Will to rehab and get back to 100%. So when the season starts, you know, he's ready to go. So shout out to Will Rodriguez, man. He plays both sides of the ball, uh, but he's here for our uh, top five defenders going into 2020. And let me tell you, there's probably two teams in El Paso I could never play for. That's Bowie High School and Austin High School. You better not talk about Bowie or Austin High School, man. Los Osos, Austin, ride or die, man. Old school football still going on. These guys play both sides of the ball. Ironman football. Will was running the rock and making tackles, and he was on kickoff. Dude, Mm-mm. hey. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way, man. Hey, that reminds me, man. For all of you players out there, get on special teams now. If yeah. you have any thoughts of playing at the next level in college or playing in the league, have that background on special teams. Uh, you remember Dion Hankins, the state leader in Russia, running down on kickoff? Oh, you remember that? Dude, man, that is money. We saw that, and I said, Ed, is that Dion on kickoff? He just he just scored an 80-yard touchdown. <laughs> That's how it should be, man. And, 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 you know, even our mentality back was like, special teams, I ain't got time for that. You Absolutely know? not. Dude, hey, <laughs> if you want to shot... If you want a shot at the next level, man, find a spot on special teams, long snapper, punt, uh, punt cover, kickoff, kick returner. Find something that you can specialize in. It just makes you more valuable when when coaches and schools are looking at you. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of being uh, special, Jay, next on the list, representing the secondary. And this guy by far, for me at least, uh, is the best defensive back in the city. And I'm talking about another kid from America's high school, Mr. Evan Chisholm. Man, those guys are stacked out there. Coach Melton's got to be happy. This kid is 6'3", 185. He played corner last year. He also played a little bit of wide receiver as well. Hey, you know, um, he reminds me of Namdi Asamoah. You remember him? Yep. Cal played against him at Cal. Played for Oakland Raiders for a long time. But Evan Chisholm, man, this dude started off 2019. Two INTs against Eastwood in a big district matchup against uh, Montwood. Three interceptions. Are you kidding me? So, Jay, look, man, like... We're not trying to play favoritism, but America's is stacked. (laughs) They're stacked. There's no other way of going around it. This kid is a ball hog. He's got great closing speed. I'll be honest with you. Last year, he shined on the defensive end. But I think this year, he's going to be a key element in that offense this year with the new quarterback. Hey, that's a beautiful thing. The more positions you can play at the high school level, man, that just shows how versatile you are as an athlete and and, and as a player. But Evan Chisholm, man, congratulations. Looking forward to this season. Yeah, so he made our uh, top five, you know, a few times last uh, year 
He really took the leadership of that defense and made a lot of plays out there. Yeah, and, uh, you know, rounding out our top five, um, it's no surprise, Christian Martinez, linebacker. This dude is a hard nose. You try to run up the middle on this guy, man, he's going to put you on your butt. Let me tell you, if he's on one side and you got Kemp on the other, what do you do, man? <laughs> what do you do as an offense, you know? You yeah. know, do you worry about the right? Do you worry about the middle? Do you worry about the left? You know, these guys are doing a great job out there. Congratulations, Christian Martinez. Yeah, and looks like we're going to have another year of the most balanced attack in the city. Listen, America's high school. Listen, I told my partner, you know what I'm saying, Joseph Vasquez on the 915 Showcase, I thought America's last year was one of the best El Paso teams to ever come out. Yeah, I I agree with that, man. One of the best defenses. I agree with that. One of the they, best offenses. They had threats on both sides of the ball. Special teams were amazing. And, you know, Patrick Melton is, you know, he's in heaven out there with with the kids. And, and that's one thing, Jay. Like, you know, Jesse Perales was, you know, he's he's been out of town going on his second year. You know, but he was, you know, held in high regard with, with the other coaches here in the city. Who would you say has taken over that spot in El Paso now that JP is gone? Oh, man. You know, well, that's a tough question. I would have to say Patrick Melton. Yeah. I would have to. I mean, he's he has had teams stacked year after year. Is he a character? He, you know what? He is. A lot of people have some stuff to say about him, but what they can't say about him, that he's not a good coach. I'll tell a you. A lot of these players will love to play for him. Hey, I'll tell you that, man. His players love him to death, and, uh, you know, he has nothing but love for his players. He takes care of them. He's a great coach. Uh, that's one school that we need to make a visit to. Yeah. Check out the practice, man, because I know things are going on. I know things are are, are being done correctly, done the right way. Yeah, Coach um, Mel done a great job. At America. There. So, uh, shout out to Coach uh, to Coach. Coach Melton, he is the only Stansberry certified coach. You know? Yeah, well, you had no choice because you put your foot in your mouth. And uh, Coach Melton called you out, so good job, Coach. Yeah, man. Uh, but that's our top five defenders. And again, episode two. Uh, episode three, we're going to get into our top uh, five receivers. So uh, you're going to want to uh, download and, and check us out for that. Really quick, Jay, you know, we wear all kind of hats uh, here in El Paso with everything we do. Um, as sports ambassadors and, and currently I'm the president for the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. And it's been a crazy couple of months. You know, usually the Hall of Fame is something that, you know, we meet in the early part of the year, January through March. We have our nominations and then we do our vote and we have our banquet, you know, in May. And, and that's a wrap, you know, nothing right. like the showcase and with this whole COVID situation, it's just been a nightmare. And, uh, you know, this being my first year as president, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've had, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, it, it, it was just par for what, what we've had to deal with this year. But, you know, I had to be creative and use technology to get the votes in from, you know, our committee members. We have over 50 people that are part of that voting committee and, you know, so we got that done and I'm just happy to announce. I just wanted to, to run through the list uh, really quick for the athlete category. We have three athletes every year. Golfer Monica Campos Townsend, um, you know, Mexico State Hall of Famer and, you know, just a, a great addition to the history of uh, the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Ernie Bautista, 
track and field. Um, and then uh, somebody that I nominated, Rocky Coppinger, uh, you know, Coronado graduate. Dude could play, could have played in the league, man. This Rocky's about six five. When yeah. he played, he's probably like two fifty, uh, solid. But yeah, he uh, could have played anything, man. <laughs> congratulations uh, to those three in the coaches category. Uh, two names you know, uh, Jay, Coach Tony Grijalva, and uh, Milton Henry. Man, the Franklin legends, man. Yeah, those yeah. are the ones that started. Yep, Milton Henry, the first uh, head coach at Franklin. You know that that's who. Uh, we played against, right. uh, but you know, Coach Guajalva was the defensive coordinator during that time. So, and they had one of the best defenses in the state of Texas our senior year. Black Swarm. Yeah, they were really, really tough, man. I th- in fact, I think they were top ten, um, only allowing less than a hundred yards total offense when we when we matched up with. Dog, them. I was I was reading through their, you know, they have the nomination packets that people present, and they in district went. Held, I think they scored 250 points and didn't allow a point one year. I want to say that was 1999. Yeah, that was yeah, that was about 99 because we played them in 1997. <laughs> Excuse me, in 1996. <laughs> but we, uh, uh, long, c- but. congratulations uh, to both uh, Coach Grijalva and Coach Henry in the officials category. Robert, Doctor Robert Hemphill Jr., and then in the community supporter of athletics, a guy we know very well, Mr. Oscar Leeser. Yeah, congratulations to all of them. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have some sort of event, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say, man. It, you know, it's it's not looking good. I can't imagine like trying to put together a banquet with the social distancing. So I'm trying to think of different ways that I can maybe put on like a virtual type of ceremony where I just have the inductees come in. KVIA has offered to live stream it and you know i just have to worry about the eight uh, inductees and and the officers there so i don't know man i got some time we're not in any rush you know we got them voted in that was the the hardest part so we'll celebrate them when it's safe to do so yeah so and then last on the list jay before we wrap up you know gory guerrero and gory guerrero father of eddie guerrero wwf wwe a lot of people know but they used to have i didn't know this they used to have you know professional wrestling at the coliseum back in the 60s and apparently gory was the man man a legend and uh, you know he he's the one that really started the the guerrero dynasty yeah so you know what i i I was pretty fortunate to sit on some of those some of those introductions um this year and i could not believe just how far it actually went back with that Goodetto family. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that is the list officially the 2020 class of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. One thing I did want to know, like, or did want to say is people ask all the time, like, you know, how come so-and-so is not in or how come so-and-so, you know, hasn't been nominated. There is a nomination process. And if you go to our website, El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame.com, there's a nomination packet and it explains everything you need in order to to nominate somebody. And, and that's something that I've been doing, Jay, since I've been back is I've just been nominating guys that I knew growing up that were ballers that went on to be successful. You know, a guy that I want to nominate last year or next year is Paul Smith, man. You know, Paul played nine years in the league. Andrus grad, UTEP grad, you know, he's He's got his gym out here in El Paso getting everybody in shape. Oh, yeah, man. He's he's so deserving. And, you know, so that, that'll be on the plate next year. But congratulations to our 2020 class. AJ, man, do, you know, 
recording these podcasts, man, I'll be getting hungry. Man, you know me. I'm always hungry, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so both of our families, man, we've been nonstop with the DoorDash, uh, Grubhub. What's the other one? A whole bunch of Uber Eats, Uber man. Eats, hey. But I wanted to let you guys in on a, on a secret here in El Paso, Delight Restaurant. One Ooh, of my clients, hey. Jose Gonzalez, owner, executive chef, Carlos Arzola. Dude, these guys came out came out on Triple D a few months back uh, with Guy Fieri. And the food there is just straight amazing. Ed, my favorite over there is a Mediterranean lamb burger. But don't forget the house salad as well. Just put that on the side. Best burger in town. Yeah, located right downtown. If you go to their website, delightep.com, you can place your online order. You know, before this whole COVID situation, I went there and had some duck tacos, man. I felt like I was back in L.A., man. Oh, man, I got to go try those duck tacos. Let's go, man. And order extra fries, dude. They are bomb. Oh, my God. I'm starving. Let's go. If you're hungry this weekend, they have special menus every Friday and Saturday. Look them up, delightep.com. It's Delight Restaurant. Gourmet sandwiches, a lot of El Salvadorian food. So if you like pupusas and that, man, mm. hit them up. Jose, tell them Ed Stansberry and Jason Flores sent you. Come on. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get into our flashback time, man. Let's go ahead and take it back a little bitty. You know, again, you and I went to, uh, we both went to high school together. You got a scholarship to UCLA. I was fortunate to get a scholarship to, to Western New Mexico University out in Silver City. Our freshman year, man, I mean, to me, I think that was one of our toughest years, man, for you and I. Yeah, man. And, and Jay, really, like, you know, I look at you, you. You dominated here in El Paso, Offensive Player of the Year, your junior year, you know, all city, uh, running back, you know, your senior year, you know, multiple district championships. And, you know, the the path that you took, I think, aligns with a lot of the kids nowadays that, you know, have the opportunity to go out to college. You know, I think Western New Mexico has seven or eight guys on their roster every year from El Paso. So what was that experience like, you know, going to a division two school, you know, you know, two hours away from home, what, what was going through your mind uh, through that process? You know what, Ed, it it was, that was a great opportunity for me. Um, Born and raised in El Paso, grew up here, it was all about family here. When I had the opportunity to go out to college and somebody was going to pay for it, you know, for example, you and I didn't come up in the best parts of town. So right. if there was a coach that would say, hey, don't worry about your next four years, I'm going to go ahead and pay for it. And that's what he told my parents. And my parents and I, my parents said, you better sign that paper. <laughs> you know, and that was real, you yeah. know, and that was something that, you know, that I don't, you, you know, it's. It's something that I think about, and I give shout out to the Great El Paso Football Showcase for putting me out there on that platform, you know, and and that's one of the reasons why I came back to come out and help the showcase. Yeah, uh, somebody yeah. at some point said, you know what, Jason deserves to be on the All Star team. Well, I think it's time for me to put somebody out there. You and I to go out there and put these kids on a platform, and hopefully somebody can see them, so these kids can go out there and further their education or even their football career. So, yeah, man. So you know, and and. No doubt. We're, we're just paying it back, man. There yeah, was people, sure. you know, during our time that, that helped us along the way. And, and, you know, you go out to Western New Mexico and this is one of the challenges 
and one of the things that we talk about in, in our symposium, you know, I think being in El Paso in a predominantly uh, Hispanic Mexican community that's very family oriented. Yeah, families first out here. Man. Yeah, Jay. You know, you know, we're both Polynesian. You know, and 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 we understand that family dynamic, right? Like, right. and you know, when when mom or dad calls or says something like, "That's it. it it's." That's what goes, right? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny because I could stop and think about the day that my parents drove off and I was at my dorm and I said, dang, that's it. Yeah. Like my mom ain't going to cook for me no more, man. My dad ain't going to make, you know, like no more rice for me. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, that was a reality check. You know, I had a good roommate and my boy Richard Serrano from, you know, Irvin. Oh, nice. So, you know what? Me and Richard, you know, we... We shared the room for a while, man. It was cool, but uh, and it was a great experience. You know, Coach Jake out there at Western New Mexico gave me a shot. He told me, he said, there's a good chance you're probably not going to start. And I said, okay, well, you know, I could just give it a shot. He says, our senior is Anthony, you know, Gray, and he's the, he's like a top prospect for the league. So I said, you know, that's fine. So, you know, I went out there and it was, it was tough, man. It was, it was different, you know, going from city MVP to, Go get that water. Go get that bag. Go get this. And now you're a freshman again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. I and that's where I see it as it was one of our toughest times because you go from way up here to starting back up from the bottom, you know. Right. But, you know, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the process. And, uh, you know, I, I faulted in, 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 in my journey at UCLA coming in with high hopes and and thinking that, you know, I was going to come in there and, and be a starter uh, in the Pac-10 at the time. And, and you got to understand, like, when I picked UCLA, like, for from as much research as I did, like, I saw something on the horizon. Like, something was brewing with that team. We had Skip Hicks, who was also out of Texas, one of the best running backs in the country. And, uh, you know, you look at my freshman year, at the end of that season, we beat Texas A&M in the Cotton Bowl and finished third in the country. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we finished higher than any other school that that I was considering. So at that point, I, I, I still was was good with my decision. But, man, when I graduated from Irvin, I flew out to L.A. the next day and the coaches wanted me out there early to start learning the offense, to start doing the summer conditioning with uh, Kevin Yoxel out there, who was our strength and conditioning coach. And so I was on a mission, man. I was going out there and uh, I talk about this story when, when I speak to the schools here. And I remember being out, out at seven on seven and the starting quarterback, his name was Cade McNown. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I asked him a question. I had a question about a play or something. And, and he looked me like dead in my eyes and was like, figure it out yourself, freshman. You're not getting any help from me. Yeah. Hey, so when I got out there, they were like really hazing Cade. Like, you better get your shit together because Ed's about to take over, you know? (laughs) So I really, and before then, Cade really hadn't, I mean, he was a sophomore at the time. You know, he really hadn't showed what he was about to show his junior season where he really exploded and, you know, you know, Pac-10 championships back to back. But, you know, it was tough, man. You know, and 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 Coach Toledo gave me every opportunity. Al Borges was our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, and they really pushed me 
to exceed and excel, but Cade really was just at a point in his career where he just took off, man. And it was pretty incredible to see, but you know, that left me at, at third string as a quarterback. And so I didn't redshirt at that point when the season started, I got to travel to, you know, all the games and, you know, it's difficult being the third string quarterback, you know, at a program like that, because dude, I wasn't getting any reps. As soon as the season started, like my reps just cut off. Like as soon as individual drills were done, I was done. We had our fourth, our fourth string quarterback and and walk on quarterback that kind of ran uh, the scout teams. So I had to be there with you know the the starting team, the first the ones and twos, to make sure that I knew the offense in the event that the K got hurt or the backup Drew Bennett and who you know him and I kind of just battled back and forth with each other. So when the season started, the coaches told me, look, Ed, like, you know, we're going to, you're going to travel. You're the third string quarterback. If we need to put you in the game, we're going to put you in. But if we can go the whole season without playing you, we are. And then we're just going to call that your redshirt year. So that's what winded up happening. You know what? And it's funny because I remember, I think you guys were playing uh, Arizona one Saturday and at Western New Mexico, we had a bye. So all the fellas would get together and we'd watch, you know, college football, you know, in the morning. And I was like, yo, check it out. My boy's going to play, you know, at Stansbury, UCLA. They're like, okay, let's see what's up. Let's see what's up. And you was on the sidelines. <laughs> you, y'all don't think you even had a helmet next to you, man. Dog, I, but, didn't, even, I didn't even have a helmet uh, when yeah. the game started, man. I had my hat on. Yeah, you had a hat and that was it. And I a was, clipboard. I was a, no, I was a signal caller, man. And I used to throw the hardest signals, you know. You're gonna do it, dude. Do do it to the best that you can. Hey, no, but I'll tell you what, man, what an incredible rush to run out in these stadiums. Oh, I bet. You know, that year, you know, being my freshman year, we went out to play Texas in Austin. Hundred thousand people there. Crowd, I mean, just packed. And, you know, the, the visitor sidelines, right, it was right behind. I don't know if it's like this anymore, but it was right behind the student section or right in front of the student section. And they were giving me so much shit, like, you better not, you better never come back to Texas. And, you know, and, you know, like my sophomore, junior year, like I thought I was going to go to UT. You know, I would go to camps there every year, you know, but at the end of the day, I made a decision. I felt like I knew too much already about UT. Like I had been there so much. I wanted to experience something new. But uh, anyways, going back to that game, we get out there, man, Ricky Williams, they had James Brown at quarterback. And hey, we, James Brown is the reason why we all spatted our, you know, with our socks yeah. like that. <laughs> Shout out to James Brown, man. But dude, we put a whooping on them boys, sixty-six to three. Mm. That stadium was empty by halftime. Oh yeah. So like you know, just those those kind of experiences, man. You know, I look back and and really that was the end of my my quarterback career. And and you know, reflecting back on on that year. I was like, where, where was my shining light? Where was my silver lining? And I can remember we had our first scrimmage that year before the season started. We're out there at the Rose Bowl. And uh, the coach led me go out there with with the scout team against uh, against the number one defense. And it was my first series. And I drove the I drove that team all the way down and scored a touchdown, man. And I was like, 
That was like my highlight, nice. really, <laughs> as a college quarterback. Yeah, well, so that means we both had the same highlight, <laughs> yeah. man, because all I did was scout team, scout team, scout team. That's all I did up at Western, man. Yeah, so um, that was a wrap for quarterback. You know, uh, at the end of that, that season, you know, I marched in uh, to Coach Toledo's office. I knew – wasn't going to play anytime soon. And, you know, we talked about changing positions. And let me throw this out there, Jay. Like, look, man, by the end of my freshman year at UCLA, um, I graduated Irvin. I was 220 pounds. By the end of my freshman year, I was up to 246 and shredded, dude. I mean, I looked like a linebacker. Uh, So um, adversity comes at you. In all shapes and forms, man. And, you know, you just have to be ready. And, and luckily, you know, I had a good support system around me. You know, I was I was lost at a little point, but, uh, you know, I stayed true to, to my values and, and overcame it and, and wound up making it back on the field in another position. But that's that's kind of the story there at quarterback at UCLA. Yeah, so it's just like I mentioned, man, I, you know, so we both kind of somewhat had the same freshman year. Tough. And just had to go through things for me at the end of mine. You know, unfortunately, you know what? My mom said that we had to take care of some stuff at the house, you know, and and that's something that I had to make a decision, you know. Yeah. I told Jacob, you know, you know, coach, I really appreciate the opportunity, but I got to go back home. You know, my father was sick. My mom was the only one working. So it was a it was a tough decision that I had to make to come back. And yeah, it is what it is, man. You know, and that's where I kind of just started from there, man. But, yeah, man. But I mean, look at you now, Jay. You know, you look at that and and I kind of see I kind of see that, too. Like, you know, I didn't have a 10 year career in the NFL, but it forced me to get a job and to get job experience and, and to learn a craft or learn yeah. a trade and. And, you know, you look at yourself now working at Magellan. You've been with the company, what, 10 plus years now? Yeah, this is uh, in, in August would be my 14th year. Yeah, man. So, you know, I started picking up dog crap, man. <laughs> you know, and that was something that somebody gave me an opportunity. And sometimes in life, you've got to make the best of it. Yeah, man. And you got to make the best of it. And you've done that, no doubt. You know, supervisor of, you know, you're in the oil and gas industry, man, multi-billion dollar industry. And, and you know, that's you, you're holding it down there. No doubt. Yeah. So that's our flashback, man. It was a good freshman time, and hopefully we can get into some other stories in some uh, future episodes. You know yeah. what time it is, right? What time is it, man? you got mail. you got you got you got Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> little new wrinkle. But, uh, Jay, what's in the inbox this week, man? Oh, man. we. You know what? We've got a lot of mail that came in but there's one that really stands out man yeah and you know last week was a little bit of hate mail right a little bit but there was a lot of love and support man and i think this email that i got this week will spark a lot of interest or at least a lot of a lot of engagements a lot of dialogue that we can have back and forth on social media throughout the week but this is the second email i've received and it's from a organization in san diego california And they are wanting to put things in motion to have an El Paso All-Star game versus San Diego. Oh, man, let's do it. Oh, man. Dog, that is something that I've always thought of. Ever since coming up, I always represented Texas. We were better than California, Florida. Oh, dude, I was so do it. You ain't lying. I mean, when I was out at school, I had those 
conversations and those debates all the time. And we'll get more into that in episode three. But logistically, because as director of operations, you know, and with Rick, executive director and, and everything that you do, Jay, we have to figure out one, is it feasible that we can pull this off? And two, logistically, how do we pull it off? Right. We got to put our parent hat on really is what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something that we need to worry about. I mean, starting from transportation and then we've got to knock down, what do we get? A little bit over 90 kids every year for the all-star game. And there's no way we'd be able to travel with that many kids. Yeah, so the All-Star Game here, Red Storm, Blue Thunder, we have 92 Mm -hmm. uh, players on the roster. There's no way we could travel 92 kids to an All-Star Game. That, But maybe we could do three, two to three deep, I think, is... When I played an All-American game uh, my senior year, it was two. It was too deep. There was two different teams okay. shared the quarter, kind of the same format that we did uh, back in the day with East and West. But what are some of the other things that we need to talk about to figure out if one we respond and then putting putting things in motion? I mean, we have to think about. So when is this game going to take place? Our um, All-Star game uh, takes place sometime mid-December. Is that something that they can work with? You know, I'm not sure on how their season falls. Yeah, so, you know, they have CIF out there in California. And I want to say they finish in December as well. Okay. But this, if this, if we pulled this off, I don't think it's something that we could do in December. It'd be a game that would have to be in January, February or in the spring before the kids graduated. So is that something that we would have to set up? I mean, so when we have our all-star game here, we deal with the Sun Bowl. Just imagine whatever we got to deal with when it comes to San Diego. I mean, that's a whole, that's a completely different state. Yeah. Well, no, you know, that's something that as the host team, San Diego would, would be in charge of, Okay, you know, we would handle our, our travel. Sorry, man. I'm just thinking of everything that we have to deal with logistically and just able to make sure we put everything together. Yeah. I think when you, I think the biggest obstacles is okay with everything that the showcase puts on for, for the all-star team. Are we willing to sacrifice not having an additional 22 kids that could potentially receive a scholarship to to go and play in San Diego? Do we have the game maybe every other year? Like, I, I mean, gosh, that is a tough, that's a tough decision to make because what's one of the main things that we deal with when it comes to All-Stars is parents, man. There's going to be some parents that are going to be very upset on, you know what, now you decide to go play in San Diego this year, knowing that my son just missed out on right. the on the top 92. Right, right. And again, this is like very early on. You know, I haven't even really brought this up to Rick, but, you know, it's it's exciting. Oh, man. I think, I mean, if, I, if I'm a graduating senior, I want to, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, we got, how many schools here? Yeah. 30 schools? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we got a lot of high schools in El Paso. So if we consolidated our talent onto one team. Ooh. Well, that's always, hey, hey, that's always been the deal. If we all got together, we would beat Odessa. If we all got together, we would win, you know, a state championship. Yeah. But there's nothing better than saying, you know what? Let's all go. We'll go to California and let's go play 
the best in San Diego because I'd be so down to do it. I was talking to my nephew, Maddie. You know, he was a former quarterback at NMSU. He's back in San Diego, heading out to Kent State D2 school. But he was talking so much trash, man. Oh. And, you know, he his bye weeks, he would come out with us uh, to the games for nine overtime <laughs> and, and 915 Showcase Live. And he's like, man, this ain't nothing like San Diego. And I said, man, come on. This is Ed. That's why they call it Texas football, man. They don't call it California ball. Come on, man. Hey, Friday Night Lights started right here in our backyard. Yeah, it wasn't no San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, you know, to all our listeners out there, all you coaches, uh, parents, share your thoughts. Like, let us know, like, logistically, what would the plan look like if we could pull this off? You know, is it something that you think uh, a consensus uh, the city would like? Do you think the players would like it? And again, everything... We do, Jay, um, you know, the, the foundation of, of everything we come up with is it's for the kids and would the kids appreciate and take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah. And that's something that we need to keep in mind the whole time. And just like Ed said, email us, let us know what you guys think, because it's definitely not out of the question right now. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we'll have some conversations um, here in the next couple of weeks, uh, obviously nothing going to happen anytime soon, but you know, I, I think it's worth, um, at least pursuing and finding out, uh, what San Diego, what and how San Diego wants to do this. Texas, California. I'm all for it. Let's do it. All right, man. That's what's in the inbox. Jay episode two in the books. We are flowing. Yes, sir. A lot of great content, uh, today. And for all you listeners out there, uh, stay engaged with us, you know, hit us up, uh, on social media. If you have questions, comments hate love we will take it all (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately we'll take it all man and don't forget to subscribe to the coldest zone on itunes you heard me on itunes man yeah and uh really quick episode three already in the works i have one of my teammates from ucla and we are going to put to rest this california versus texas high school football who has the better players? We're going to put that to rest uh, in episode three. Man, I can't wait. I got all my stats ready for Sire, man. Come on, let's go with it. Thank you guys again for listening in. Episode two, this is The Coldest Zone.